What's up, Dodd fam? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Strength Training for Cyclists podcast by Dodd Health. My name is Derek Teal. I'm the owner and operator of Dodd Health. And the big difference between me recording this today and last week is that I am now a father of three. I had my twins over the weekend, and I'm really grateful and just so happy to say that everyone is home and safe after a few days in the hospital, and there's definitely some stress toward the end. I mean, twin births are gnarly, and I promise you I'm not going to start the episode with all the details about that, but if you want to stick around to the end, I'll let you know kind of what happened behind the scenes and uh, really how it went down because it's just so eye-opening. I mean, I'll just say to sum it up, and I'm sure any parent could understand this, that birthing like birth (laughs) is maybe the realest thing you might ever have to do i mean i think for my personal life it goes number one birth number two owning a business and just going all in on it number three is probably like near-death experiences on my bike and that's pretty much the order how it goes at least for me so it was just insane and yeah i want to give you some background into it but really today is not going to be an insanely long episode um, and i apologize for that Uh, but i'm sure you can understand you know we have two new babies in our lives we also have a 19 month old and a ton of support from family and everyone but uh, really it's only been a couple days since they've been born so we're just kind of adjusting and even as i record this i'm at my home locked up in my room (laughs) you should see the way i have this thing set up to try and make it sound as best as possible Uh, but i have my notes in front of me and what we're going to go over specifically today is the dialed health shred week four and it's actually going to go really nicely into a new book i'm reading called the endurance diet which has been really really interesting and very exciting like the timing wise coming out of the dialed health shred I'm also gonna tell you specifically about what I've adjusted in my diet over the last week uh, and talking about how I've, or why, even more importantly, why I've added these fats back into my diet. And then we go into a big one. And I don't wanna upset you, but I gotta give you a little spoiler alert. I broke my dry January. I broke it. Oh my gosh, it's crazy to say. Uh, And then we'll go into uh, the babies being born. A quick little business update to let you know what's going on during the week. If you are a Dialed Fan member, I sent out a newsletter just kind of letting you know what to expect over this week. Obviously, I tried to prep things as much as I could, knowing I wouldn't be able to work as much this week. Uh, And I'm pretty proud of that. Um, I think it's going pretty well. I have a lot of communications to keep up with, so or to catch up with. And I put a automated email response to help you know hopefully give people a heads up it's going to be a few days before i get back to them so that's what i'll be working on after this podcast and i just want to thank everybody for the support over this last week it's insane to see the website grow even as i'm in the hospital having twins Uh, but you'd be proud of me i was in there doing a workout while my wife was in labor so (laughs) it was a it was risking a divorce but you know what We got that workout in and uh, I'll probably be posting that on the Instagram pretty soon. So I hope you have an incredible week. If you are enjoying the podcast, please post that you're listening to it on your Instagram story and tag me at Dialed Health. Really helps the growth of the show and the exposure of it. And I want to thank everybody for going to Google and leaving me a five-star review. Those keep coming in, which is huge for just the business in general. But also if you go to the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star review and just say anything positive about the podcast, it's really going to help me grow the pod because when I go and try and get on other shows, there's nothing really for people to see as far as engagement goes besides those reviews. So those are huge in making that happen. And I've even noticed in regards to bringing guests on the pod or even seeking out certain podcasts, I kind of look at it too. So anyways, it's going to be a huge help. And uh, I think that's pretty much everything. Let's just dive into this thing.
Dialed Health Shred Week 4. This is it, you guys. If you're doing the Dialed Health Shred, which is the 30-day fat loss challenge, this is separation season right here. You have to go hard this last week. And I say that with a little bit of insecurity because with my twins coming, I've definitely relaxed a little bit. We've had a lot of people bringing us meals. And you know I'm a big no-excuse guy, so that's been kind of an interesting thing for me uh, to honestly battle over these few days, which it's like, why am I even thinking about that? The the weekend my twins are born but it is on my mind because i'm so vocal about it and so serious about it honestly uh but i'll get that to in to that in a second <laughs> wow i could be stuttering a lot this episode um i am two tequilas deep by the way i've been making this incredible okay quick tangent i've been making this incredible uh tequila soda and i bought some quality tequila some casamigos blanco and I've been doing an ounce and a half shot. And then I take one healthy slice of grapefruit, muddle it in the bottom of the glass, add ice, squeeze a lime, drop it over the ice. And then I pour a grapefruit spindrift over all that. And it is just the cleanest, freshest cocktail that you can make. Basically the most low-cal cocktail you can make. Highly encourage it. It is out of control. It's making me so happy. So I'm a couple of those deep. And it's really helping me just kind of relax right now. I mean, I'm going to slur my words, but I am relaxed. And so anyways, Dialed Health Shred Week 4. The big thing in regards to ending this correctly is going to be to follow the How to End the Dialed Health Shred blog post that's going to be coming up by this weekend. I'd like to get it up by Friday, but with the new schedule, I'm not sure if I can. But I know really it's going to be like you're not going to need multiple days in advance. I think what to expect is that you push hard, stay focused on just nailing it all the way up until February 2nd. And when you take your photos, what I would do is actually give yourself a span of a couple of days. I don't think the photos are due till February 4th, but I'll have it clarified in the, in the actual blog post itself. But I did that so you could have your opportunity to really get your best photo. And it's not all about aesthetic, really. But I understand if you've been working your ass off, you want to get the best photo you can. And sometimes, you know, you wake up a little bit watery and the timing isn't quite right. So hopefully a couple days span to give you that perfect photo for you and to really show your progress will be more possible. And I'm also going to give you some insights of how to take the best photo and then really to how how to make sure that you go into the next month without losing losing it just in general losing it <laughs> i don't know how else to really say it because i understand how you can go from going so hard and be like okay today's the day it's over and then just completely blowing it out and then in the next week actually gaining the weight back that you lost i mean i've heard of bodybuilders and this is a very extreme end because these guys go so hard for so long but i've heard of guys gaining 30 pounds in a week and you heard me correctly, a week, 30 pounds. I've heard of guys gaining 50 pounds in a month. I kid you not. And it's hard to believe, but when you hear about how their brain just flipped and they let loose, it's it's pretty insane. It's almost like they go from a mission of trying to get as lean as possible to trying to eat as much as they can. And it's almost that extreme. So I really don't want to see anyone kind of go to that level um, or really go anywhere close to it because the goal is going to be to maintain what you've lost heading out of it and most likely it's going to mean that you just continue tracking your food and slowly bring up your calories and allow for a few more things now that's going to kind of segue into what i've changed in my diet over the last week and that has been me adding fats back into my diet a little bit so since this started i've really upped my protein i've 
drop my carbs slightly just on at times where I'm not like surrounding a ride because I am fueling the ride quite a bit with carbs. You know, on big ride days, my macros will turn out to be like 60 to 70% carbs. So that's really what you want to do if you're riding a lot. But I've been trying to like test the limit of that and I've really been getting lean, which is incredible. I mean, honestly, I think physique wise, this has been the best results I've ever had just because I'm getting more experience, understanding what to do. But I also am pushing the boundary. And one thing I've been pushing a little too far in hindsight is how low fat I've been eating. So I've gone like little things where, you know, I'm not using any oils and it's just purely cooking spray, or I'm not even adding one egg yolk in all my eggs every morning. I've just been doing these egg white pancakes, which, you know, they're great because high protein, high volume, but the lack of fat in my diet, you know, avoiding avocado, avoiding like nuts and all these things has really meant that my digestive system has gotten a little messed up. And I'm not going to go into crazy detail, but I'll just tell you that I've straight up, you know, like my poop has not been right. It's been a little <laughs> on the, I would just say firmer side. And I've been insanely gassy, which I was like, okay, that's the protein. But I think it has a lot to do with the lack of fats as well. And I've done this once. And this was the very first time I tried to lose some body fat when I was way less educated about tracking. Um, essentially, I was kind of doing what a lot of people do, which is you just try to starve yourself as much as possible. And at that time, I stopped eating most dairy. I stopped eating most fat. And I remember I just like couldn't even like poop. I was getting constipated. So right away, it kind of hit me where I noticed like just bowel movements in general. I'm uh, sorry, I'm like burping up dinner right now. Um, I noticed that bowel movements in general weren't just like smooth like they should be and again this is like a weird thing to talk about so candidly but at the same time you know up to the point where I really started dropping my fat you know I I was just like I would have bowel movements that I'm like that is it like your boy is cleared out not only was it like that but it man it felt good I feel like I just had a little internal massage <laughs> you know like that was the most satisfying poop ever <laughs> which is, I, I can't believe I'm even saying that right now, but it's the truth. And I hadn't had that for a couple of weeks. I started feeling a little plugged up, way too gassy. And I'm like, okay, something's up. So actually over the weekend, I started taking in a little bit more fats and nothing crazy. Like I didn't just all of a sudden start, you know, pounding like heavy cream or something like that. I just added some oil to my vegetables, you know, instead of using cooking spray, I used a little olive oil. And obviously I'm, I was aware that my calories in general would come up from that. Um, but I also added things like avocado to my toast in the morning. Instead of just a little butter, I put more avocado on, uh, added a little bit of cheese, uh, chicken thigh instead of chicken breast. And these were all little small changes I made kind of leading into the weekend. And then really as we were at the hospital, that was the first point where, for one, I started taking more normal poops. Thank God. It felt way better. But that was the first time where... I, I was wondering how I would keep up the tracking through the, the whole birth process. And you get there and you start realizing how weird the schedule is. There's all these constant interruptions. And it's crazy because you could be there for quite a while. And, you know, my wife was induced. So the first five hours we were there, it's not like we were really doing much. She wasn't even really in labor yet. But there's people constantly coming in and interrupting. Uh, of course, we have like the one nurse that wants to talk about COVID and um, all this. And I'm just like, please, like, I don't want to go to this conversation. <laughs> please just do your job and leave. Um, <laughs> and so you just have those types of interruptions. And it's, it's like impossible to really 
um, get anything done, let alone kind of plan your next meal. And so as families started hitting us up, say, hey, do you want coffee? Do you want lunch? Do you want this or that? Um, it was so helpful to have it. And so they picked up a sandwich. They picked up pasta. They picked up all this stuff. And we had snacks and normal stuff that I ate, which we kind of planned for. Um, and I didn't do anything crazy, but I'll tell you, there was one day where I had this sandwich that was doused in olive oil. It was delicious. H helped me with the fat situation. But I also knew, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is super high calorie. There's like Parmesan on this bread. And then that same day, someone brought pasta, which yeah, I got marinara, uh, like spaghetti and meatballs pasta. But the whole pasta was just coated in this oil and it was delicious but at the same time I was like whoa I need to watch my portion size because this is just as this, it's like such a slippery slope as soon as you start stop tracking it is such a slippery slope because you take these ideas in your head of like oh I can just let loose a little bit and pretty soon you're a thousand calories over and now you're actually not even at maintenance but you're pour, you're spilling over into an actual surplus and that's the that's the weirdest part and so when you guys leave out of this uh, official dialed health shred if you're not going to continue with it just make sure that you don't go into a surplus like you know adding 500 calories in your day is really nice and it helps you relax but also uh, like i said it's a slippery slope it happens very very quickly so instead of going for these all these meals you've been thinking about or adding dessert or adding all this and that you know it could really be the difference of you adding one serving of nuts it could be you adding a very small dessert or a cocktail or whatever it may be and that could be the difference and so i will say that i genuinely feel way better since adding the fat back into my diet and really without tracking and just focusing on portion control and, and, and really taking people up on the offer of bringing us food. I mean, that has been the most helpful, honestly, like enjoyable experience ever through having these kids. And so like my mom made this, made this beautiful white bean chili and it's actually pretty dang clean, but I'm, I'm not going to be able to track it unless I pick apart everything out of the soup and I'm not going to do that. So uh, that's really why I encourage if there's anything when you're tracking, you just don't want to cook everything together. That's like the one thing where it's going to be near impossible. So long story short, I've really been enjoying it and I've been very mindful and I've not been doing anything crazy, but that's until I broke, I broke the old dry January. Let me talk about this. And then we're going to go into the endurance diet. I'm sorry, this is turning into a rant about my personal experience this weekend. Um, but you know, I am a big no excuse guy. And, and really, I really do live by that. But it was crazy how I felt like my discipline, and I'm just being totally transparent right now. I felt like my discipline hit the barrier. It hit the wall and it hit that boundary of where it was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I have enough discipline to also not drink right now when people are bringing champagne and I have like some of my favorite alcohols at home that I haven't touched for you know almost an entire month. And so that was one thing where once we had the relief of bringing my second baby home after the NICU experience, which was uh, the, the end of it was not great. It was such a relief and the, I, I just really wanted to drink and I wanted to chill and I wanted to relax and I didn't want to even think about that. And honestly, I did. And I felt a little bit bad because... You know, I just want to lead by example, but I was like, wow, that would, I, I felt like I would have freaked out if I didn't. Um, it was almost like I just wanted to really be in the moment and enjoy it and not add this extra pressure or this discipline or I don't know what it was. It was just like I was so relaxed and relieved after all this was over 
that I was like, man, I'm having a drink and it felt so good. I actually had this peanut butter whiskey uh, and then I went out and got a nice bottle of tequila. And again, nothing crazy. Two drinks, mellow, uh, with dinner, drinking a ton of water afterwards. Um, but yeah, so dry January is over. I was expressing how I was kind of over it to begin with. Uh, but I do think that first night I really did come out of a deficit into not only maintenance, but kind of a surplus. And I felt a little bloated the next day, not great, but at the same time, just really relaxed. So it was, it was a very funny balance. You know, I think that most people listening right now really do understand that you're having babies and you're not just having babies, you're having twins and you have a 19 month at home and you run in the business. And I can, I can list all these excuses that people give to me that drive me insane. But the reality is there is a breaking point and there's a, you know, most people expecting kids wouldn't do some hardcore shred at the same time. Um, and it's funny because even the podcast I did last week or even the week before that, I was listing all the benefits of why it, it's actually great timing to do it. And those aren't, I would say, necessarily wrong. But really for me at this time, it was just that next level of discipline where, man, I just didn't quite have it <laughs> because I'm like, I'm just trying to get sleep. I'm trying to nail my workouts and I'm trying to keep up with work as much as possible. And I hate to say it, but having a drink at night is really going to smooth out the process. And it really has. So, uh, and not to mention that, but uh, not only that, but I just got shipped a bunch of CBD, which I'm really interested in trying. A friend who owns the brand So Right, uh, I think you guys have probably seen it on like Joe Rogan, David Goggins talks about the So Right and releasing your psoas and using the specific tool for it all the time. And they made this CBD company called So Good. And I've been wanting to try it forever. They sent me like $500 worth of product, like everything from the gummies, the tinctures, the salves, like all that stuff. So that'll be really interesting. Um, I'm almost afraid to try it in case I just full on pass out and can't wake up for the twins like every three hours like we're supposed to, um, which is another thing, which is crazy because, you know, you have one baby and you can kind of tag team a little bit, you know, like maybe you wake up this hour, I'll wake up the next hour. You can string together some good sleep. But with the twins, you know, we're trying to keep them on somewhat of a regular schedule or at least eating together at the same time. And when they have to wake up and be fed every three hours, you got to both do it. And so that'll be interesting, but it, it really hasn't been too bad. I mean, we, we have help, but I think there's like this crazy sense of calm that I'm, it's like the whole gang's here, you know, like our whole family's here. It's really cool. And I'm just stoked that we don't have to go through that process again because it is just, it is too fresh. It's too real. And uh, let me talk about the endurance diet book that I'm reading. I'm gonna take a little sip of water and I hope that tangent uh, didn't come off you know, too left field for you guys. Um, it was definitely something I wanted to talk about in regards to just how I'm following the dialed health shred because you, you know I'm so into leading by example. And I want you guys to go super, super hard toward the end of this thing. Uh, but it was very interesting. And, and just to be honest, I kind of reached my own breaking point with the twins being born, um, which is, uh, it's, it's weird to admit. It really is. All right, I'm grabbing a sip and then we're going to talk about this book. So I was recommended this book, The Endurance Diet. It's by Matt Fitzgerald. And he's really, I think, mostly known for the book Racing Weight. And it's really about endurance athletes across the board and comparing their diets all around the world of all these different athletes, how they eat at the best. And there's five principles that he focuses on that I'm going to go to in a second. And, and I want to give you a disclaimer. I'm only 50 pages into this book, 
But man, it's been awesome to read, especially the timing with what I'm experiencing with the dialed health shred of, you know, having the macros dialed and then focusing on fueling my workouts with carbs, but then realizing I'm going too low of fat. I mean, it's such a learning process that adding this book on top of it has been a really cool layer for me as a coach. And it's something I want to get back to you guys in regards to the information. Now, the best thing that he has pointed out, and this was right in the beginning of the book, is that there's a huge there's a huge uh, misstep by, I would just say, athletes in general. And he refers to people who don't compete as exercisers, which <laughs> I think is oddly appropriate. But what he says is that most people look to the top athletes in the world to get their training programs, but then they turn to popular culture and popular media to get their diet and nutrition information. Let me say that one more time. They People look to top athletes to get their training programs, but they turn to popular media to get their diet and nutrition information. So obviously what you can see right there is a huge misstep, and that is so true. I think that anyone trying to just be an endurance athlete in general, and it's on keto, for example, is like the, that's the perfect example. You have someone that is cutting out your primary fuel source, which is carbohydrates, because keto is so popular and it works for people who don't work out or who maybe do like 45 minute workouts five days a week consistently uh, opposed to doing something like cycling where it demands so much of your body and there's a point where you know when you go out on like a century ride that's not really that healthy anymore that's not like you're just surviving and you're just trying to live in this optimal little cocoon of protection and health and keto, in my opinion, it really isn't that either. I mean, it, it isn't for Alec, or uh, Matt Fitzgerald, excuse me. I was thinking of Alex Hutchinson, which is Endure, which is another amazing book, uh, talking about performance uh, physically and then how it comes down to mental performance, yada, yada. So check out Endure also. That's a great, great book. But what he's talking about is basically how you have people that go to, you know, just what like the big popular thing is to do in the world. Like right now, it's definitely back on kind of low carb diets. And then you have that same person trying to go out and train like this athlete who's eating, you know, four pancakes every morning. <laughs> I mean, there is a complete misstep there. And that was just super insightful for me because I've definitely fallen in that trap. And I think the thing that's interesting, what he has talked about is that he... He, it's not, he doesn't encourage people to really track their food, which I think is, is interesting and I don't agree with because it's such a learning process. Uh, and what you'll see is that some of the things that he says are very vague, but then the chapter that you read following it breaks it down and makes it a little bit more clear. However, as someone who is trying to navigate that themselves, it can just be fuzzy. And that's why I love tracking so much. Um, and it's, it's actually a reason where I've even considered wearing a whoop strap more than ever is because... It's not that you need the information to choose to what you're going to do, but when you compare the information to how you feel and you start to correlate it, that's when there's real value in it. And that's the same thing with tracking food. I know I'm getting these results through following this uh, macro plan, but then all of a sudden I think about how I feel and I realize, oh my gosh, I'm a little gassy. I'm not pooping as well. I need to up my fats. And those are all things that you learn through the experience, but I would have never really known if I wasn't tracking. So I think that's something kind of interesting to keep in mind. Um, but also, I think that more people need to focus on the diets of these top-level athletes if you're going to try and train like them. I mean, it seems so obvious, but man, is it true that people are not doing that. So 
What he says uh, as the five principles he follows, and again, I know these are very vague, but here's what he says. He says, principle number one, eat everything. Uh, Everything regards to whole grains, fruits, vegetables, dairy, nuts, seeds, and healthy oils, and unprocessed meats and seafood. Then, so that's the first chapter I read. Now he's on to eat quality and low quality, which is a cool point because I point out the difference between, you know, there's high Uh, calorie high quality foods and low calorie low quality foods and there's kind of a mix of each then he says eat carb centered that's a very very common thing between people all over the world Uh, eat enough and eat individually so obviously it's like okay what does that really mean well the chapters break it down and the eat everything one was really cool because he broke it down to the point where he traveled with the uh, Yumbo Visma cycling team I think it was just a few years back actually, but he talks about not only who is on the team to supply the nutrition and how they go about controlling the rider's nutrition through an event, but they were at a team camp and he talked about how different, like there was such a wide variety of foods. Um, So they did encourage the athletes to eat anything that they really wanted. But when you actually looked at the macro breakdown and and the real energy breakdown of each food, you realize, oh my gosh, you know, this person had yogurt and granola and this guy had pancake and fruit with uh, eggs. And just for a random example, and you start looking at these things and you're like, whoa, oh my gosh, that's actually, you know, both very high in carbohydrate, uh, pretty high in protein. and and, And it was really interesting how he goes into detail about exactly what these dudes ate for an entire day. And then, uh, basically says oh this these are the similarities in all of them and that was that was really interesting because that's one thing when you look at people all over the world and he does this as well where he takes these people from you know ethiopia uh people from ireland people from japan people from canada and he has their whole like logs of eating for the day and you could see okay they have wildly different foods but when you break down what the food does energy wise it's like the same carbohydrate source it's the same protein source it's almost the same ratio of macros which is really really wild and then it talks about how they implement even the low quality foods as well and i'm just getting into that chapter now but i i just love it so much like i couldn't agree more in regards to eating everything and it's it always freaks me out when somebody just randomly wants to be vegan or wants to try keto or something like that. Like anytime you were just attempting to cut out a major food group, just cause you feel like it's a healthy option for you, I would just be very, very cautious because really what you're doing is you're just making it harder for your body to be healthy. Like you're just putting yourself in a disadvantage to be at an optimal level of nutrition and in human function really. And I think, I, I would say that there's people who operate better on vegan diets, but they're for other reasons. It's not the directly that, you know, steak does not give them the amino acid profile that they, that they really need because they do, but it might be because they tend to eat more fried foods when they eat meats like pizza with meat on it or burgers. Like a lot of times it's connected to something different than the actual sorts of quality that it could be. And so I'm not going to, you know, blanket statement everything. There's always exceptions to a rule, but in general, you know, I think that if you're really interested in something, you should explore it. But one of the biggest fallacies we have just in American culture is that when someone follows a strict diet, you assume they're healthy. And that's just not the case. Just because someone's vegan doesn't mean they're healthier than you. Just just, just because someone does keto doesn't mean they're healthier than you. I mean, I know 
vegans that just live off box cookies basically so you really want to oh and you know what along those lines one great point he made was that was that sorry my my throat's getting all dry here here we're gonna get a little uh water elevator music here we go (laughs) oh yeah so one point he made was that you could you know everyone wants to know like what is the healthiest food what's the best food you could eat and let's just say you know sweet potato is going to be coined as the healthiest food you could ever eat if you only ate sweet potatoes for the rest of your life you're going to be so deficient in nutrients from other foods maybe foods that aren't as quote-unquote perfect as a sweet potato or an avocado or whatever food you want to throw in there that you would eventually just die of heart failure like even the most perfect food if you only eat that one thing will kill you eventually because you're lacking so much other nutrition and that's why like eating everything is so important you get your nutrients from such a different wide variety of foods and you're making sure that you don't miss any vitamins and uh you know there's way around it there's supplementation there's this and that but it's a very good rule of thumb now i'll say i have kind of a lactose intolerance and it's weird because i got into the trap when i started personal training that i thought all of a sudden milk was unhealthy and it was almost a decade ago so that was kind of the time where people were talking about dairy not being healthy and oh my gosh you know the you know only animals um like drink milk after what what is that thing about cows um we're the only people that like humans are the only species that drink milk after their infancy um (laughs) i think is the thing it's like that is all natural this and that and first off i'm not going to debate that right now i really don't have the the science to really back that up but what i will say is we're also as humans the only people that have alarm clocks and iphones and use 5g and (laughs) do all sorts of stuff that other species do not do it's i do not compare don't compare me to that and be careful comparing me to a caveman as well i mean i can't think of how wildly different we are um in regards to our needs uh right now especially it's just as humans in general so it's just a funny argument but um but yeah so i was kind of buying into that and i didn't i just stopped drinking milk and my whole life i've always drank milk like i used to come home from you know digging dirt jumps all day and i'll just chug an ice cold glass of milk i love that but i started drinking almond milk which you know it has less fat less calories but also way less protein you know not the same vitamin d no calcium well not there's not no calcium calcium is not the same way i mean when you really look at milk versus almond milk it's like so much more whole and nutritious and i just straight up didn't drink regular milk for like a year and then i tried to and i couldn't anymore and i was so bummed and what's crazy is over the years um, you know, if you listen to the podcast frequently, you know that I just have eaten the most horrible foods growing up. And even into my training years, I remember going to In-N-Out and getting a milkshake. And the first time I got a really bad stomach, like not like, oh, I feel like crap because I had a milkshake. More like this is literally like poisoning my stomach. I'm, I'm in, I cannot eat this food. Um, and thankfully it hasn't ruined cheese for me. It recently has ruined yogurt for me, which sucks because I love Greek yogurt. 
Uh, and last time I ate it, I was just getting that stomach ache. So it's kind of a bummer. It's like I took this food group out and I don't know if I lost the enzyme. I don't really know what happened and why I can't break it down the same way. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back. And I'm not going to be out here taking lactate pills just so I can eat this certain type of food. I mean, maybe if it was cheese. I love cheese so much. Oh my gosh. You told me I couldn't eat cheese. I'd consider taking a pill for that. Uh, but anyways, back to the article. Uh, it's really, really interesting, or the book, excuse me. I, I think you should check it out if you haven't already. Uh, there is one thing that was questionable about really the start of human society, which um, you could read that and probably guess why I don't necessarily agree with it. But in regards to looking back backwards at why you know humans have thrived off a wide variety of foods, it's, it's very, very interesting. And when he deep dives into the principles, it goes from a very vague topic to something that is clear and something that really encourages you to you know try it and, and be more practical that way. I mean, that was actually kind of the thing that rang the bell and reminded me like, whoa, my fat's probably too low. So anyways, that's the endurance diet. Check it out. That's my dry January update. And I would just want you guys to kill this styled health shred this last week. Stay posted for that blog. Stay tuned, excuse me, for that blog post. And I will have it up soon and I'll be sure to blast an email out as soon as that's ready. So let's go into a really quick update on these babies being born. And then I'm gonna bring you up to speed on a couple business things and then we'll jet out. So this Saturday, January 23rd, my wife had my sons, Remy Sunday and Cruz Wilder. And they were born three minutes apart. Cruz was born first. It was it was incredible and it was wild. And you always want to say it's beautiful, but I'm going to be straight up with you guys. Birth is gnarly. <laughs> it is so gnarly. I mean, I don't know why people don't say that more because it is incredible. It's incredible. I mean, even holding my babies now, it is just, it is just, I mean, whew. It's hard to even grasp that they weren't here and all of a sudden now they are. They went from just not even living or being a part of this world to this full-on tangible human that you're holding. It is the weirdest thing and that itself is beautiful. But birth, <laughs> like when you're there watching the birth, it is so gnarly. Oh my gosh. Like I remember thinking that with my son and it went as like smooth as it could have gone. And I just remember being like, what just happened? I mean, literally, what did I just see? <laughs> and it was so insane. And this time with the twins, the crazy thing about it was, for one, we had to give, uh, we had to do the delivery in an operating room. So that was a little bit more intense. You know, bright lights, there was more people. There was at least 10 people in the room. Uh, there was a lot of urgency. It was moving fast because once my wife w was induced and she actually went into labor, um, she, man, she, st she went through it quick. Uh, basically from the time she got her epidural, it was like an hour before basically she had the babies. So, um, you know, that she was initially induced at 7am and the babies came at around 4pm, I think. And, uh, which is pretty dang fast. You know, you hear about people being in the hospital for multiple days, which, uh, it sounds like an absolute nightmare. And we were actually there for a few days because my second son was in the NICU and I'll get to that in a second, but basically, you know, when you have twins, it's like the first one was head down. The second one was breached. Thankfully ended up coming head down, uh, also, but you know, 
the second one is kind of where all the, like, the complications can really start. And when they give you the full rundown of everything that can happen, like they, like they need to. They're like, hey, if this happens, we need to do a C-section. That's why we're in the operating room. This could happen. That could happen. And it, it is a little stressful. Uh, but when you're there, the crazy thing was like, you know, my first son was born. And as soon as he's out, it's like you, you know, they put him on my wife's chest and we were chilling. It was like the instant feeling of relief. But when the twins were born, basically Cruz came out first and she still had another baby to go. And not only that, but she, this was the risk. This was like all the risk was really right here. Thankfully he came head out, which was a really helpful. And <laughs> should I, how much detail should I go into? You guys want to hear some crazy stuff? How, how old are you listening to this podcast right now? <laughs> I actually know my demographic is mostly in their thirties, so I'm sure you can handle this, but, uh, you know, I don't want to get too gross on you, but basically they broke her water, like right as the, right before the babies were born, which you might as well have thrown a water balloon up against a wall because that's about <laughs> like, that's about the effect it had is what I'll say. And then Cruz comes out quick which was awesome but they get them they take them over to the table right away and now it's like all the focus is on remy coming out and when he came out he they had to break the water again water balloon against the wall splash um (laughs) and then he also came out with the placenta which uh was one of the wildest looking things i've ever seen in my life um and the the sad thing about when he came out was that he's only like four pounds five ounces and he immediately had to go on oxygen. So, you know, comparing it to my last experience where it's like, baby's out, healthy, done, it's beautiful, yada, yada. I mean, it was gnarly, but it's done. Now it's like, I don't know which baby to go to. This one baby isn't doing well. Um, my wife's right there, I'm over here. And not only that, but once we got the babies kind of in a situation where it's like, okay, Cruz is going back to my wife with the room. I'm going down to the NICU with uh, Remy. Well, then we just like split up. So we leave the operating room and we're not together. We're apart for a few hours. <laughs> and well, maybe not a few. It felt like a few hours, maybe a solid hour. Uh, but we had to really get a lot situated. Uh, thankfully, they took Remy off of oxygen within 15 minutes. And they only used his feeding tube once. And he was kind of like bottle fed after that. But really, you know, we were able to bring down Cruz and the whole family together to see Remy like one time. And other than that, we were just kind of split up going back and forth. And once the nurses started to change in the NICU, I realized that certain pieces of information weren't crossing over accurately. And it was weird because our first couple of nurses were incredible. I mean, they made us feel so comfortable. And it was the first time I was like, wow, I see why parents could be okay with leaving their kids here because the nurses are just like, they're in such good hands. But there was a couple of nurses we had after that that were, in my opinion, terrible, terrible to talk to. And I don't think that they didn't like love the babies and love their job, but they were pretty incompetent in regards to just a general communication. And they would jump to conclusions about these certain things and, and not even know what they were talking about. And I would have to remind them like, well, this is what he ate last time. And this is what his temperature was. And this is what his weight was. And like, and so it got to the point where I told Lish, like, don't go. I need to go because I need to make sure these nurses are in check. And long story short, we ended up coming home without Remy the first night. But we were told, hey, he's looking really good. I went back late that night uh, to feed him. And they're like, hey, you can pick him up tomorrow morning at 9 or 10. Well, I call at like 8.30 and just say, hey, uh, you know, I'm Derek. Uh, Remy's my son. I'm going to come pick him up. And then right away, it's this new nurse. And she's like, oh, you're not taking this baby home today. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? 
And she said, well, he hasn't eaten this and that. And I'm like, and again, I have to go through the whole list of all the reasons why it's okay. And long story short, this nurse was terrible. Like I'm going to actually call the hospital tomorrow and complain, which I never do. Like you guys, I, I hate people that write bad Yelp, Yelp reviews. I do not do it. Um, I've maybe, I don't think I've ever really complained even at a restaurant. I've sent food back when it was that bad. Like I had a fully uncooked pizza one time at a restaurant that I, I just told the server, I was like, Hey, I'm sorry. But I was like, this cheese is not melted, <laughs> but that's as bad as it's ever gotten. And obviously as a business owner, um, bad reviews are like a really serious thing. Like people, the keyboard warriors don't understand actually how much negative effect it, it has. Um, it, it's such an easy little thing for them to do, but it can be really harmful for a, a small business, especially when they're trying to grow. So I don't do that. I don't do the public stuff, but I'm going to have to call and just say like how terrible this lady was. Like she was super abrasive. She was jumping to conclusions about stuff that she actually didn't even know the facts about. Um, she full on held us there for an extra hour because she didn't know how to print out a form. I kid you not. And when the other lady came to help her on her way out, her look said it all. It was priceless. Like she literally looked at us and the way she smiled was like, I'm sorry, she's an idiot. Like straight up. She didn't have to say it. it. Her eyes said it all. She just looked at us and I was like, oh my gosh, like, thank God bless this lady. Thank you so much for coming to help us. And it was so bad. And I was so frustrated at this lady that I just stopped talking to her. Even as we were taking him out and putting him in the car, I literally could not even speak to her. I didn't say thank you. I couldn't do any of that because I just was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to freak out on this lady if I say anything. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And uh, I'm happy I did. But, you know, I got a call and say that she sucks at her job, uh, which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, that was kind of the end of that. So by the time we went through that fiasco, besides the fact that I really am convinced that she wanted to keep him there so that she had an easy baby just to work with over her next shift or whatever, which... I don't know if that's a thing or not. I don't know if anyone listening works in the NICU or is in a hospital and knows that there's just lazy nurses out there. And there's incredible. Again, we have the best people ever. But then it was obvious, like, wow, this this lady is just like, I think she's lazy and I think she wants him to be here so she can chill over her next shift or something. It was so freaky where I literally got to the point where I'm like, I have to like bring him home out of this. Like this lady has so much control over us right now. And it's like her personal self being a loser. (laughs) This is crazy. So um, anyways, that is what happened. By the time we got in the car, it was just so much relief, like so much relief and just such a decompress. And it was great. And, And honestly, today we've had this freaky, like overwhelming sense of calm. Uh, just in the house, like between Lish and I, and we took our babies to the doctor's appointment today. And it was just, uh, it's been really, really, really cool. Um, it just feels good. It's, it's cool to know the gang's all here. And, um, and that's pretty much it. So thank you so much for, for listening to all that. I mean, I know it was kind of a word vomit of stuff and just thoughts that have happened over the last few days, but I really didn't have a chance to prepare any, um, information beyond stuff I've kind of been through the last week. And Anyways, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, let's just get into the outro.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Dot Health Podcast. I'm looking forward to next week and bringing you more of a normal episode where I discuss member questions, deep dive on them, and then actually bring you some topics that are very relevant to you, opposed to just kind of talking about what's happening with me. But I'm sorry, this is a selfish week. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of proud I've got this podcast out uh, to begin with. <laughs> it's now 8 p.m. on Tuesday evening as I record this. And I'm looking over my notes here. I, I do have one more thing I want to say before I go. So... This is a low-key business update. I have been thinking about this project I'm doing later this year. This is going to be in fall, and it's going to be a super demanding physical thing. And I, I've been wanting to get brands on board and really to like use their platform for exposure. And obviously, the first brand that always comes to mind to me is Red Bull because they're just the definition of action sports, like the pinnacle of action sports, in my opinion. Um, in regards to a brand that has just like embodies what action sports are. And that's what I grew up on outside of cycling. It's just been all things action sports. So, um, and if you, you know, if you looked at my YouTube playlist, that that's what you would see is all things action sports. So I'm like, man, I'm so focused. I want to like pursue this, uh, brand and get involved with this. And I want this brand to be involved with this and this exposure in their platform, yada, yada. But then I just really stopped and thought, I'm like, that is, would be incredible. All that stuff. But like, why don't I just focus on making Dowd Health as cool as Red Bull? Like, like really? And I know that's like the loftiest thing to say because they're the coolest. Um, I'm sure most people agree. But why, why don't I just put all the focus into putting it 100% attention on Dowd Health? And I got to be smart, especially putting time into something that like, you know, I, I've done this with content. You could make an incredible piece of content and no one sees it because you don't have the platform. And so anyways, it's something to consider, but it was kind of a cool thought I had was like, man, why don't I like really just put all the attention on dialed health and do it my way and, and focus on that? Um, so that was kind of a cool thought. And it, it made me realize that, you know, I've been dealing with some new people coming, even approaching me for sponsorship, which is like a wild thing I've never experienced before. And there's brands that, you know, they want to be involved and they want dialed health to be uh, and me to rep their product, but they have so many guidelines and criteria where I'm like, this actually conflicts with dialed health. Like this actually, this wouldn't make sense because I can't just randomly do a timeline post to your product when people are following dialed health so that they can get, you know, strength training for cyclists. <laughs> so there's a disconnect and I'm like, I obviously need to make sure that I never take on a sponsorship that doesn't align with dialed health first. Um, and that's why I'm really grateful to be partnered with Specialized and uh, P&G and Kyoku and some brands that are like that. They're like, yo, we just want to support you. Um, you know, show yourself using the product and talk about it if you love it. And and that's really how it kind of should be, I think. Um, I understand why people would have their specific criteria, but because I'm so focused on dialed health, that it really can't be another way, which is kind of wild. Um, but then again, I think when I do plug a product, it's a lot more authentic. Like I would never just... You know, like I said, I, I've gotten products actually <laughs> recently that I'm like, I can't talk about this because it sucks and I won't. I'm not going to just bring up a product and bash it. I will not do that. But um, if I like it, I'm definitely going to talk about it because not only is it amazing that someone thought, you know, I should try it and talk, you know, like even considered me to do that. But I understand that it costs them money to ship it to me. It's cost them money to uh, create the product and to, you know, the person had to spend the time talking back and forth with me. And I'm really grateful for all that. So with that being said, I renewed my specialized ambassador ambassadorship this year, which is insane. I can't wait to get on some new bikes. Um, really, really want to spend some time on that new Stumpy. Really want a new 
SL7. Um, holy smokes, it would be sick. But that's pretty much it. So the focus for dialed health is, you know, make it as cool as Red Bull. Like I just, what, what would I have to do to make it as cool as Red Bull? I don't know. These are the things I think about people. Um, and that's, with that being said, let's go to the real outro here. Um, thank you so much for listening. I, I really appreciate you being so invested in what's going on behind the scenes. And if you have not yet signed up for dialedhealth.com, please go do it. I just sent the website designers the new guided band workout number four. It's such an incredible workout that as I was, you know, putting the video links up and uh, just sending them all the, all the information to get it on the site, I was like, oh my gosh, like this thing is rad. This is rad. I did the workout, but um, even just looking at it, it's, it's so cool. And, and some of the stuff that's coming this year is, is really exciting. So go check out dialedhealth.com. It is without a doubt the best strength training workouts you can do to support your cycling, to make sure that you don't overcook your legs, uh, but to make sure that you build real strength that not only is going to serve you on the bike, but serve you as a human and make you feel like the most optimal person you can, which is uh, really what I'm trying to do. Uh, So anyways, thank you so much for that. I hope you guys have an incredible week. And that being said, start moving forward. I will see you next Wednesday.